How are you guys doing? How are you guys doing? Thank you so much for tuning into another awesome, amazing episode of Brian's Place. Today, you guys are in for a special treat. Today, we have a very special guest. She is a mother, a wife, a motivational speaker, a published author of an awesome, phenomenal book, Vacate Victimville. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist, and most of all, she is a woman after God's heart. Please welcome the rose that grew from the concrete, my cousin, Vernice Cooper. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. I'm excited. <laughs> awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on. I know we've been talking back and forth about uh, doing this, so it's yeah. finally happening, so I'm, I'm grateful. Yes, thank you. Definitely, definitely. So my first question is, um, famous author and motivational speaker Lisa Nichols once said, success comes with the price that most people don't want to pay. Um, how do those words resonate with you? First of all, can I just say Lisa Nichols? That's my girl. I love Lisa Nichols. Um, yeah, I think that um, success, however you measure that term, um, comes with a toll. It comes with a price, right? And I think for me, that means what am I willing to sacrifice, right? For me, it's been sacrificing sleep, sacrificing, here's the hard thing, relationships, right? Because when you're focused and you're headed somewhere, um, people naturally fall off. Um, and then also you don't have as much time to nurture all of your relationships. Wow, that is, um, is true. And you'd once said that um, you went from being overlooked to overbooked. Would you mind sharing what you, what you meant about that? Yeah. Um, when I say overlooked, um, I'll, I'll, let me add this caveat, is that um, I actually wasn't even, I was playing small, right? I actually wasn't putting myself out there enough, even though people knew that I spoke, um, that I do um, coaching, things like that, I was not putting myself out there. So um, now that I'm even walking a little bit in my purpose, big things are happening. So, I mean, I, I really don't even feel like, I mean, this is, you're catching me on the beginning of, of something pretty amazing when you begin to um, walk in purpose. So, yeah, now I'm seeing what God showed me. Mm. Amen. And it's an awesome thing when you go from like believing and believing for something to actually seeing what you've been believing, you know, that's a, a beautiful thing. Yeah. <clears throat> That's uh, awesome. And you've, you've done a lot. And it's like, it made me wonder, like, so when you were little, what was it you wanted to be when you grew up? And like, did you ever imagine that you would be doing what you are doing now as a phenomenal, triumphant woman that you are? Um, absolutely not. Let me just answer that question first. I did not see myself here. 
um, when I was little, because I grew up um, in, you know, a community plagued by violence and drug addiction and things like that, um, all, the things I hoped for was just simple things like, I hope I can have a family. I hope I can have a good job, right? Um, and so it's interesting now because I'm believing and in moving into things much bigger than just that. Right now I'm thinking, oh gosh, really, I can really impact the world, right? I mean, I, no, I could not have imagined as a young girl because my um, perspective was so small. When you grow up in a community like I grew up in, um, your perspective is really is really small. So mm -hmm. yeah, I couldn't have imagined where I am today. Not at all. Wow, and it's almost like, you know, little girls swinging on the swing and you're swinging and you're seeing all these tall buildings and you're like, oh, one day I wish, one day I wish. And now it's like you're an adult now and it's like you're saying today this is going to happen. You go from wishing to um, kind of commanding your day and making things happen and seeing how your hand and your influence could literally like, you know, run, reach people. And that's awesome. Um Awesome thing. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, except for where I grew up, there was no swing and there were no buildings. <clears throat> right. So so dreaming was very different. Right. I mean, I would get lost in things like books. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah. that, that helped um, shape my imagination a little bit. Hmm. Wow. And um, do you feel that? Moving on, do you feel that generating self-abuse, dwelling on negativity, being stuck in the past could all be symptoms of someone who may have a victim mentality? Oh, absolutely. I think that we don't pay attention to how much we contribute to our own victimization. Hmm. Right? I think hmm. sometimes, well, I won't even say sometimes, a lot of times we're waiting for other people to change or that job to change, or that person we're in a relationship to change so that we don't have to, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that victim mentality is, is really a, it's bondage. It's imprisonment, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I think we, we contribute to that. Wow, that's, um, that's deep. And speaking that, about that, you have a, Book Vacate Victimville. So, starting with the story behind um, what behind the book, what inspired um, the book? So, um, over ten years ago. So, I hope I'm talking to someone who's had a dream, and then they put it on pause and kept putting it off and putting it off. Um, I began writing this book. I wanted it to be a novel about how a woman triumphantly overcame her addiction and things like that, um, because I grew up with a parent who was addicted. And so um, that was the goal. I wanted to write that story, but I wanted it to be fiction. Um, and along the way, I found that I actually really like writing short stories, what we call nanotales. Um, and it wasn't until the pandemic hit and um, I got really sick. It wasn't with COVID, but of course, no one was paying attention because in 2020, it was either you had COVID or you needed to leave the hospital. Mm -hmm. um, that was a time where I really feel like God sat me down. I was really thinking like life or death, right? Like, I don't think I'm going to overcome this sickness. Um, so what else do I need to do? 
while I'm still here. And I was like, oh, finish that book. I heard it very clear, right, to finish finish the book. And so I began writing. And, I, and something I held off for 90 days, I mean, for um, one, 10 years, I finished in 90 days. Hmm. When I finally wow. sat down and focused. Um, so, yeah, I learned a lot about myself. And now I'll be releasing my third book in 13 months. Right. So this in 13 months, I went from not doing anything from 10 years and then now releasing my third book in in the last 13 months. Wow. Major, major congrats. That's uh, that's awesome. Definitely acceleration right there. Yeah. and, um, you know, a lot of times when people hear the word relationship, they think about the relationship, excuse me, the relationship they have with other people. But it's also possible to have a relationship with an addiction or a relationship with a victim mentality. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? Oh, now, now you're down my street, Brian. You're down my street. I actually um, talk about, uh, well, let me back up. I work in addiction medicine and recovery services, Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm a clinician in that space. And so I'm always talking to my patients about addiction not being a disease, not being a choice, but being a relationship. You can be in a relationship with um, inanimate objects and um, things like substance abuse, right? Um, Because when we say addiction is a disease, we make some. We make the person using a victim. When we say it's a choice, we make the person choosing a perpetrator. When we say it's a relationship, we give them a little bit more power. So yeah, I do believe you can be in a relationship with anything. Hmm. We're relational people, and so yeah, that's a great question. Wow, that's uh, definitely some some great insight and. Um, Speaking of a great insight, you, I read that, you know, you had once said the glow was never external. And would you mind expanding on that? Because when I read that, I was like, that's deep, because if the glow was external, then it seemed like it's something that could easily be diminished by life circumstance. But when you have a glow that's internal, no matter what comes, no matter what people may try to do, there's nothing that can mess with your glow because it's, you know, it's not on the outside. It comes from within. Comes from within. Absolutely. Um, so this is this is a great question because this is how I think about the difference between happiness and joy. Right. Mm-hmm. Like happiness is those the pictures you see even on social media, the post. Right. And you don't never you never know. First of all, people are who they post to be. And also what happens between the post, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you see those happy moments because happiness is, um, it's time limited. Where joy, and, and without even getting super spiritual about it, but for me, that joy comes from my relationship with God, right? No one can take that, that, that piece away. Like I can be having a really bad day and still have joy. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when people understand, they say, oh, I just want to be happy. Do you want to just be happy or do you want joy? Hmm. Yes. Right? So it's, that's, it's, good. It's, it's what, that's what I mean by the intern. Like, yeah, I've had happy moments, but now I have joy. Hmm. 
it's different. It's so it's different. That's that's good right there. I'm gonna take notes. On that. That's <laughs> that's so true though. That is um, is is so true. It it reminds me of I forget where it is in the Bible where it says not to be afraid of the one who can kill the flesh, but to you know be afraid of the one who can kill the flesh and the spirit. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like man can only do so much, but you know, God, on the other hand, he's, he's, you know, there's so much more that he can do. So it's like with man, you know, they may try to one thing, but they, they're only limited to so much. So it's a, definitely an awesome uh, concept. Yes. And in the words of the late great doctor, my Angelo, do you know why the caged bird sings? Oh my goodness. It's funny you pose this question because um, I, I do an exercise with patients with, and many of them have never even heard of the book. Um, and it's so, I get the, a different response from, from people all the time. Um, but yes, I mean, it's the essence of, of my book, right? Vacating Victimville, right? You can be physically in bondage somewhere but emotionally and spiritually free. And it's so, it's so different, right? And, and during, this pandemic kind of really showed me something because um, people in the prison population were probably looking at us very differently, our society, because we were upset. We couldn't get to the grocery store. We couldn't go jogging. We couldn't go, right? And they've, they've been physically confined. So when we were physically confined during the pandemic, all I could think was about that that quote, right? Like, can I still experience some type of joy even though I'm being told to socially isolate? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? And I think we really did ourselves a disservice um, as, a, as a nation and internationally by saying socially distancing. I think mm-hmm. we should have said physically distancing because people cut everything off. I mean, you still could have got on the phone, right? So I think I think saying socially distancing um, really isolated so many people, um, and then they had to kind of deal with the caged bird, uh, right? But if yeah. your joy was always at the gym, if your joy—I'm sorry, not your joy, because your joy is never at the gym—if your happiness was always at the gym, uh-huh. if your happiness was always at the restaurant or always at the bar, um, then it was never really real. Mm. Right. You had a chance to really experience joy during the pandemic. So mm-hmm. the cage wow. bird things because the cage bird is, is can be free, even socially isolating. Yes, that is that's awesome. I love that. And it it reminds me of of slavery, you know, mm-hmm. as tremendously cruel as slavery was as as much as painful that it must have been for them for the slaves to go through what they go through some way somehow they kept holding on to um to us you know a ray of hope you know at at night you know they would you know gather and, and sing songs they would in the midst of what they face they would still pass down some type of hope and encouragement to the next generation and to the next generation and our ancestors, you know, on down from generation to generation to generation. And that, that continues, you know, um, 
I think about even even more in the in the um, recent times with you know family get-togethers and different things. How the older generations they always have words of wisdom or hope and encouragement that are still being passed down that mm -hmm. are you know yeah. still affecting generations. So that's one thing that's like been been awesome. You know when we talk about why the cage bird sings, it's like I think that example is like probably one one of the of the greatest examples of um you know during slavery from slavery till now and how the strength is is being strengthened with each with each generation you know yeah absolutely and um because sometimes the victory doesn't come in our time right i have prayers for my children's children's children Right. I'm not even doing the stuff I'm doing right now just for me. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm hoping that it ignites something in my own children that they can carry with them. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're right. I mean, from from slavery to now. And a lot of people argue, oh, no, we haven't come anywhere. Well, that it depends on your mentality. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, the freedom, the freedom starts here and then it manifests. Um, in, in the, you know, it starts, I feel like it starts here in the spirit realm, starts here in the mind, and then it manifests um, physically. Mm -hmm. And we are living manifestations of, of their hope, mm -hmm. of their songs, of their hymns. Yes, that's, that's true. And it's, it's like, you know, a lot of times we dream, but especially those dreams are the real meaningful. It's like, our dreams are never just con confined to us. It's like, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King, for instance, his dream was not just about him, you know, but he, he you know, realized that his dream would outlast him. So it's like when he spoke about his dream, he spoke about the one day that, his, you know, his kids and his kids' kids would be able to play with, you know, uh, white boys and girls and just... Um, it's like he expanded his dream to so much further than just beyond him. And I truly think a lot of times when we do have awesome dreams, um, you know, God-given dreams, that we have to remember that it's about us, but it's so much more than just about us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that um, God gives us gifts that we are supposed to open but it's for others to receive. Hmm. Yeah. I think if we keep that mindset and understand, right? Like stop, stop dreaming so small. And not only do we dream small, sometimes we pray small. Hmm. Say that. Yes. <laughs> right. We, we, we even pray small. So, um, yeah. I, I, understanding that my gift was to me, but not for me. It's been mm. life changing. Wow. Yeah. That's that's good. I just just want to take a say lot right there. That's ah, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. <laughs> that is great though. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> definitely, definitely true. Um, oh yeah. And on another note, like, have you ever been in an airport and have seen someone like running through the airport and they're trying to make their flight but they're carrying all this unnecessary baggage which is hindering or slowing them down from reaching their destination 
And I believe um, in the same way I was, you know, I tend to fly light and I'm thinking like, you know, it made me think about how I believe there's a lot of people who are carrying around baggage of unforgiveness, bitterness and resentment. And it's keeping them from truly flying into their destiny and from them walking into the best version of themselves, because everywhere, every new place they go, they take something from the past. And so I was wondering, like, um, how does one begin the process of letting go so they can truly fly into their purpose and destiny? Oof. I got some flights coming up, and now you're making me feel some kind of way about how I pack. Um, that's <laughs> deep, um, Brian. That's too deep. Um, ooh, the luggage and running, and you're not you're gonna miss your flight because you're carrying too much. I'm gonna have to use. I might steal that from you. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Um, so I wrote the book, which is an anthology of short stories. And then I wrote a workbook based on the feedback from the book. Mm. They were, people were like, oh, my gosh, well, how, how do I start getting out of here? And I was like, well, first of all, you have to recognize why you're in Victimville. Mm. And so your baggage question reminds me of, um, like, there there's some things I wrote in there around, like, how do you specifically identify if you're even there? And one of the questions is, you're still waiting for an apology. Hmm. So when you said unforgiveness, right, things like that, you're still waiting for something. You're waiting for someone else to change. You're waiting for an apology, right? And I think the first thing you have to do is understand is what my part is and understand the power of acceptance. Hmm. We say it a lot, it is what it is, but we don't mean it. What we saying is it is what it is, but I'm still gonna try to change it. Mm-hmm. It is what it is, but I'm still gonna try to change them. Mm-hmm. Right? In our behavior and our actions. So I think the first step is just, what is my part? Mm-hmm. Right? What am I still holding on to that I don't need to? Because I think, I'm glad you mentioned unforgiveness because Forgiveness, that's a huge, that's a whole nother episode. We don't have to do that. That's an episode in and of itself. Yeah. Um, forgiveness and unforgiveness. But um, once we understand that, um, and I'm really talking right now to believers, it is our, actually our responsibility to forgive people who don't deserve it. Hmm. Because we have been forgiven We've been forgiven for stuff we haven't even asked for forgiveness for. Come on now. Yes. And then we want other people to come ask us. Never mind. We can't be here all night. Preach. (laughs) The audacity. Yeah. That we have when it comes to forgiveness and unforgiveness. And some people are like, but Bernice, you don't understand. No, I do understand. I do understand that that resentment that you're holding on to is like, um, setting yourself on fire and hoping the other person dies of smoke inhalation. You don't mm. even be running up. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah. My question was too deep. The airport, now, <laughs> now I'm trying to pack lighter. I mean, there's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to need a part two. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, turn this into a conference. Yes. Uh, that is awesome. So um, let's talk about um, dream chasers. Um, 
What is a dream chaser? You recently had a, it was a dream chaser conference. Yeah, so I recently um, spoke at the Dream Chaser Conference, um, which is now an international conference. Um, and shout out to Lady Jennifer Hammock, um, who runs that conference. It was just absolutely amazing mm -hmm. um, to be with women who, women CEOs, women who are chasing purpose. Um, but a dream chaser is just that, someone who is actually going after their dreams, right? persistently, consistently, and that, that conference was just to help support, right, um, the women who are chasing after those dreams. Um, what I loved about that conference is they gave away um, a few, um, some seed money to some women in the audience mm -hmm. who, who were, and I think three people, you know, someone blessed someone and then someone else was like, I want to bless someone. I mean, it, that energy was everything for me. Um, especially as someone who um, I've had my business for five years in consulting, but just when you start off doing something, when you start off with your purpose, it is not easy. And so you need that type of support. In fact, if you're a dream chaser, sometimes you just want to go back to sleep. you like, this is too much. This is, uh, you know what? <laughs> this yeah. is too much. And so you need that support. And I, I definitely feel like, especially for women um, and women of color who are, who are chasing dreams, um, that they get the support that they need. Hmm. Amen. That's essential. That's awesome, though. Um, major congrats on the conference and just, you know, the lives that it sounds like it's still reaching. So, yeah. amen. That is a blessing. So Joy Road Solutions, would you mind uh, sharing about that? Oh yeah, so Joy Road Solutions is my consulting business um, that I started over five years ago. You know, I was really just trying to get through that first year because they say like 40% of all businesses, <laughs> you know, fail within the first year. And I'm like, no, 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 you can't do yeah. it. Um, and, it, and I do um, consulting, business consulting, love stuff around um, diversity and inclusion. Right. Um, I also do coaching, leadership coaching and um, recovery coaching and um, my speaking business that um, I do as well. So I love that I get to do a lot of things, but they're all around my personal brand, which is um, my goal is really to expose light in dark places, not take a light, just really helping people understand their own light. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so all of all of my businesses are, are really built around that premise. Amen. You are definitely doing it. Um, business owner, entrepreneur, motivational speaker, wife, mother. So, um, with only twenty four hours in each day, how do you uh, how do you balance everything? <laughs> balance. Okay, so this is just my own thing. I know a lot of people are really good at balancing. Bernice is not. <laughs> Okay, right. so I consider myself more of a juggler, and I mean, you know, yeah. sometimes some things are in the air, sometimes some things I'm holding tightly, I'm, I'm doing pretty good at, and then sometimes I drop the ball, and I'm like, oh, oh, there's husband, let me go, you know, let me go grab husband off the floor and put him back in the rotation, right? And so um, I see it more as a juggle, right? And I try to make space and time for everything and everyone. My kids are very active. Um, my daughter who plays 
club volleyball, my son who is a Lego stop motion animator, teenage animator, um, my husband who does engineering and our other, we have another family business um, in real estate. And so we're just busy. You wow. know, if I get six yeah. hours of sleep, I'm like, yes, I did it. <laughs> right? Yeah. So back to that first question you asked um, about the Lisa Nichols quote, that it takes some sacrifice. And for me, in this season, I wanted to sacrifice some sleep. Mm-hmm. But um, there's something, there's some balls that I'm always juggling. Um, and the ones I hope to hold on to the most is my family. Amen. Definitely. That's uh, definitely important. And um, if there's a a person, well, before I go forward, um, it just reminds me of um, that, like, your our yes is important. So um, it's like when we give someone our yes, we're giving someone of their time. And uh, Pastor Torrey Roberts once said that our yes is too expensive to just give to anyone. Absolutely. Yeah, and I used to do a lot of um, yesing. Hmm. I was suffering from yes, right? And now I'm I'm doing way better at saying no mm-hmm. and protecting. It's really not even just about protecting my time, but it's protecting my peace. Yes, it's so different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that um, setting those boundaries are important with family. And in business, because there's some things like I'm asked to do some speaking engagements. I'm like, wait, first, it's not in my realm. Right. But I have all these other amazing speakers that I can pass you on to. And two, sometimes um, I don't I simply don't want to do it. And I'm okay with now saying no. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's so important. Being able to say no and being being okay with it, you know, it's. You ask the question, so that means I'm able to either say yes or no. So, <laughs> yeah. and I understand the, the this this thing called the reflective process of of no, right? Saying no to someone else is a yes to yourself, mm-hmm. and that that's super important for me to understand that when I say no to them, I'm really saying yes to me. Yes, yes, I love that. That's uh, that's key right there. Yeah, that is key. And finally, if there's someone out there who may be uh, listening to this or watching this who may find themselves in a state of um, victimville, but know that there's so much more in store for them, um, what advice or tips would you give them? Hmm. Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing that helped me exit my own mindset of victimization, my own mindset of settling, was getting around other people with big dreams, getting around other people who are healed, getting in healing spaces, mm-hmm. right? We have, we, we even have like believers who um, are struggling, but they don't get in healing spaces because they only see the church as a healing space. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, you know, you can have God and therapy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can have church and community. Yes. Um, so I really think the first thing is really getting around other people because you will pick up on their positive energy. 
you will, I'm telling you, I got absorbed. When I got around some boss energy, I started feeling like a boss. Yes, yes. Right? I wasn't even a boss. Like, I was just, I was still playing small, but there's something about their confidence that actually helped my confidence. Right? When you're in the right spaces, I, I think, um, like I said, getting around other people, but really trying not to isolate. Because mm-hmm. that's where the enemy will meet you. That's where doubt will meet you. That's where the memories will meet you in isolation. Mm-hmm. Right? So you have to get out of isolation. Um, and a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to call anyone. That resistance, there's something very beautiful on the other side of your resistance. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's great. That is great. Yes. And finally, um, how can people reach you or contact you? Okay. Um, well, they can. I'm on social media under Vacate Victimville. So at Vacate Victimville on Instagram, at Vacate Victimville on Facebook, um, Vernice Cooper on LinkedIn, and my website, um, www.vacatevictimville.net or www.joyrosolutions.com. Hmm. Awesome. Thank you again no, so much for, for having me. I yes. Conversation. It's been great. It's been great. And one last thing I was wondering, can I pray for you? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time, Lord God. Um, thank you so much for Vernice's yes. And as she continues to give um, her yes to you, I ask that you would continually do amazing things in and through every area of her life. And I believe that you've all given us keys, Lord God. So I thank you for allowing her to use the key that you've given her to help unlock things in other people, Lord God, through her obedience and through her transparency, Lord God. And just as it's evident when someone gets out of the pool that they've been in the pool because they are still dripping, I I pray that because of Bernice's obedience, because of her time in your presence and walking in her purpose and because of her time in your word, I say in every area of her life that she would drip with your presence, drip with your peace, drip with your favor and drip with your power, Lord God, and just continually bless her and her family and everything she sets her hand out to you. And again, thank you so much for this platform that you've entrusted me with that can help and continue to reach lives. So we ask that you would continually be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for praying for me. And thank you for having me. Yes, definitely. This was awesome. Amen. Thank you again so much for coming on. And remember, to the world, you may be one person, but to one person, you may be the world. Yes. Thank Thank you, Bernice Cooper. Well, thank you, everyone, again so much for tuning in. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you've been greatly blessed and um, continue to share and um, continue on this journey of, um, of this podcast. And as always, this is BDP, Brian David Porter, living in purpose, on purpose, intentionally. Love you all to life. And until next time, you guys be blessed.